Well, hello, and welcome back to another beautiful episode of Carpod DM. I am your host, Nate Williams. Joined, as always, I'm joined by my beautiful wife, Jen, ladies and gentlemen. Clap, 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 clap. That's my wife, though. So um, my question to you, or, or at least the topic of conversation, you said that there's a style of parenting that is called... For lack of a better term, neglect. What's it? What's the? What's it actually called? Well, I don't really even know if it's a parenting style, but it's like a. I don't even know what it's called. It's called R I E. Or it's called Rye, is what it's called. Okay. And it's infant educators. Educ what? Educator. That's what they call it instead of a. Educator. Yeah. Educares. Care for an infant. Yeah. Educare. Um, okay. I'll look up what the. All right, but just you can explain the the premise. Uh, In theory, basically, what what it seemed as though what Jen was saying was that there are people who are very hands on, as parents, uh, and there's also those that want to help their child out. Child out, rightfully so. You want to. Help them walk and help them, you know, move around. And, oh, here's how you do this puzzle. Here's how you do this game. And there's a method in which you're a little bit more hands-off than that. I'm going to pass it to Jen. Okay. It stands for Resources for Infant Educators. And educator is just a term coined for people who care about their kids through education. (laughs) Okay. That kind of sounds silly, but... Um, essentially what it is, is I've learned about it from this book called The Self-Confident Baby. And it's just really talking a lot about how self, um, confidence and independence come, like they go hand in hand. So when a baby is independent and they do something for themselves, they become self-confident in that task because they've completed it on their own. True. And for instance, like for me growing up, thinking about having children in the future, I always thought like, of course you do everything for your baby. Right. You know, like you teach it how to crawl. You teach it how to walk. You teach it how to roll over. You teach it how to put this inside of this. You know what I mean? Like you teach you, you are the one teaching it all of the things. Right. And there are things that you have to teach them like the alphabet and their colors. And those things take communication and collaboration between the parent and the child. Right. But then there are things that our children just have the innate ability to already do. Mm. So like children are not just going to lay on their backs flat forever. They always roll over because they're curious little beings. And so you let them develop these skills on their own. And when they conquer them on their own, instead of you putting them on their hands and knees to crawl and them instead looking at something across the room and saying like, how do I get to that thing? I see. And having to like problem solve and figure it out on their own. They become self self-reliant and independent And then when they conquer that task or ability and they're able to get across the room to that thing, it builds their self-confidence because they did it completely on their own. Got you. So like in my mind, I always thought 
it's just kind of like shook my view or like my concept of like what it is to bring up like a little baby yeah because in my mind it's like yeah like well i think that we collectively were trying to get izzy to walk do you remember that across the living room to back and forth yes to i one do of us. i do and so like we're like izzy stand up like we're like make her do these things get on like, out there girl yeah like she's like the little robot from santa claus almost like our first time like babysitting her exactly. by ourselves so and we're, we're like so Yo, hype like your she's parents are gonna come us. home and they're gonna see you walking you're so excited running. yeah and like it is like a super special moment but instead of like just letting izzy pull up on something and then like walk across the room on her own we're like izzy we're doing this thing like we would stand her up and then have her walk back and forth and there's nothing inherently wrong with this by the way like there's nothing wrong with doing that that's how most kids begin to walk i think right somebody grabs your hands one leg in front of the other boop it a boop yeah and they hold your hands and they walk in but like an example in this book was like um, there was this little baby who she was, I think, like nine, ten months old on the brink of walking, like just a little bit younger than Lorelai. OK. And they brought her to a rye class, which is a class that they teach. And this was in the San Francisco area. OK. And essentially it's helping or educating parents on how to initiate this like rye approach in their home and it's it sounds super just like hands off but you know what i mean yeah it's an intentional gotcha there's an intention intention behind it yeah it's not just like oh they'll figure it out and then the three-year-old's not walking it's not like that but anyway so this little girl the parents walk her in the baby is not yet walking so they just the dad has her on one hand the mom has her on the other hand and they're trying to like walk into this class with this little baby who's not yet walking i see and the baby is just sobbing like crying and crying and crying and sh- the mom had called the teacher of the rice school and was like my kid just won't stop crying like they literally cry all the time we're at our wits end all they do is cry 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 mm. and for like six weeks in this rye class the baby just cried and cried and cried and cried and cried and hung by itself and she said like she told the parents like stop trying to walk her like stop trying to like get her to hit this milestone she's not there yet Mm. and so you're like whether you know it or not you're frustrating her because she's failing at doing this thing that you're throwing on her got you so like she wanted to be walking into the class like the other little babies you know right but she's not she's just not yet So she would see them doing things and just grow frustrated with herself because she wasn't there yet. Yeah. So like the whole Rye method is like meeting a child where they are and letting them discover these different abilities on their own because everyone learns to crawl. Yeah. And everyone learns to walk. And just because Google says usually kids crawl by eight months and are walking by a year or whatever... That doesn't mean that's like a one size fits all and that if your child isn't, they're failing. True. They're going to learn how to do it. But when they do, let them learn it on their own so that Mm. there's this self-confidence. Like, dang, I just did that. I feel you. 
I so will. That's kind of the long-winded version of the method. No, I'm appreciative of it. There's a girl, and there's no way she's listening, so I'll use her name. Um, her name's Tierra. Tierra, if you're listening, I apologize, but what I'm about to say, it's 100% true. So this was in the charter school that I went to, and sh- this was probably sixth, seventh grade or so. And so I don't know if this has ever been the case for you, but um, for uh, I'm sure this is for someone who's like on the more shy side, such as yourself. Um, not shy, you just don't like attention. We would have to popcorn read in class. I, oh gosh, I can I can nightmare. easily see that you you hated that. So and I wasn't a very good reader. Okay. Um, so we would popcorn around and. Um, whenever it got to Tierra, it was a struggle. Um, she wasn't a good reader either. Yeah, it was Tierra. That's me. Yeah. Like, you know, struggling with like normal stuff and <laughs> like the class would be tight because it's like, yeah, we're not going to get no further in this story. We're about to be here sounding mm-hmm. these words out, you know, super like it's about to take forever. So, yeah. Um, Fast forward to now we're doing projects um, and we're writing papers and we have to present the papers in front of people. We are like we read like, I don't know, like the a page of our papers, something along the lines of that. Well, the papers that Tierra was writing were above her own reading level. You know she what I'm saying? She was a better writer than reader. No. She wasn't writing her papers. Oh dang! It was. It became very clear to not only her us in the class. Her mom was writing her papers. Dang, because she wanted her to pass. She wanted her daughter to pass. She had a milestone, like a a goal, a milestone in her head, dang. um, and, uh, she, uh, and she just was like she she was not the grade that, she, and we weren't like this isn't like super, um, I mean it, it was a charter school, not that the work was like extremely hard but it was like more challenging work or whatever but we were like all jogging slash running and she was like walking if that like scholastically she wasn't ready for the charter school right and so i think that she'd be very frustrated i mean if i were in, per- in her position i would be very frustrated too because i'm just like yo everybody around me is like all the way snapping and i just feel like a like a yeah. dummy in comparison because all these people are, are like beyond me. However, if if she were in a, a class and so in the charter school there was um I think that we it wasn't necessarily called AP or honors, but I think that there was like a honors class where um it was kinda higher up or whatever. I think that after that first year, sixth grade, the seventh grade, she wasn't in my classes anymore because I think that I mean, get, back or yeah, or, yeah, we just didn't put her in those. It was more like a general class, like a, you know, like a general education class. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I understand. I wouldn't want to be a part of a thing where I consistently struggled, consistently failed, um, consistently didn't meet the mark. That'd be super frustrating as an adult who can manage my emotions as a baby. And I see other little beings shaped like me. Yeah. mobile and walking around and like all that stuff i would be so frustrated and if a baby's only way of communicating for the longest time is crying heck yeah that baby's crying for six months 
because it's like <laughs> I keep falling down literally every day I'm falling down yes you're just making me, me do, do something it. I'm not ready to do yet yeah um, I'm just not ready to do it which is fine now a baby a whole baby now I've got a question um, for you at what point well hold on let me say something before then so um, Isabella our niece at times she was saying like it's Izzy's talking about herself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like instead of saying that's mine or like I'm doing this, she would speak to herself in third person or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that's still speaking. She's still like learning and getting yeah. her point across and all that stuff, which is great. Girl, get it. Woo woo. Now, um, there are other children that we know um, who are not as vocal. Mm-hmm. And my question is, at what point, th- so my question to you is, at what point do you say, hey, this milestone isn't being met and it doesn't look like it's going to be met in the near future? I think I should intervene and get some get some help. Well, I don't really, I'm only like three chapters into the book, so I think that it will address that. Like if there's like obvious like lags in something's not right here. Yeah. It'll be obvious. But one of the things like as far as language goes in the book, it's said to talk to your child like you would another adult guest in your home. I see. So not really a guest. I mean, they're a family member, but like talk to them like we talk to one another. Okay. Which should be interesting because I have a baby voice that I talk to you in. So it'll be very interesting, but talking to them like, well, another concept that goes hand in hand with this same thing is like they are saying to talk to your baby about everything because it sets that expectation. So even when they're an infant and you're changing their diaper, like I'm taking your diaper off of you now, like explain to them what it is that you're doing because it forms this respect boundary between the two of you like and they gave an example in the book about how essentially like babies enter this world and it would be as if we lived in a world with giants and they pick you up whenever they want to (laughs) do you know what I mean like they don't explain anything to you so you're just going to and fro and there's not like this self-respect so it's like all right, I'm going to pick you up now and we're going to go to the store. We're going to ride in the car. Like you over explain everything to them and mm. you're using language to explain all of this to them. So like it's kind of a win-win because you're see. using all of this language to talk to them. And so like instead of saying, because I'm sure you've heard parents say like that's Izzy's. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just using Izzy as an example. But like Izzy's probably just repeating like that's Izzy's because right. she's heard someone say like probably my mom honestly oh yeah Izzy Nani doesn't is want to yeah talker like does Izzy want to blah 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 instead of like do, do you? you which yeah. is proper English like right. <laughs> do you as an individual do you want to go do this so like Izzy has heard her name used in third person in yeah. sentences so it's like it's Izzy's right instead of it's mine so I don't know that's like also another long-winded way of saying that's another concept in the book is like explaining everything because not only is it respectful 
you wouldn't just go up to, you know, Jeremy and wipe his butt. You know what I mean? No, be like, no I wouldn't. Hey, Jeremy, I'm about to wipe your butt. Like, <laughs> Just letting you know, bro. Just like you would explain it to and him. And get in there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so it's like um, one of the, like, the main pillars in the rye whatever is respect. I see. But they also said, and I thought this was a good point. I love reading parenting books. You're snapping, girl. I, here, go ahead. Continue. They were just saying, like, um, a lot of times, like, kids are unruly during diaper changes. Or they're unruly at dinner time. And they're the ex... Because they... Because they're not really a part of it. Like, it's just happening to them. Do you know mm, what I mean? Like, uh-huh. now I'm laying down and I have to get my diaper changed. And so they'll be waddling all around. But it's like explaining what you do from a very, very, very early age. Like, okay, and now we're going to put your right leg in and like touch their right leg. So they're associating like, oh, that's my right leg. I see. And like, okay, now we're going to put your left leg in and touch their left leg. So they know like that's my left leg. Wow. So like early, 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 like four or five months, you can say like, okay, give me your right leg. And they know the association mm-hmm. before they even know, like, their left and rights. That's deep. Because it's language. I see. And association. That is deep. Isn't that cool? It is. So it- it's explaining to them what you're doing because they now know, okay, I'm learning language, but I'm also, I know what's expected of me when I get my diaper changed. Yeah. We're going to put my right leg in, then we're going to put my left leg in, and soon it's over. I got you. Now, um, I've got to get gas. I want you to continue talking because you're on a whole roll. Um, but I see this behavior modeled in, <laughs> I see this modeled in dogs. And the reason I say that is because um, recently we went and visited Matt and Holly and they recently had taught Phoenix a new trick where he, it's called nose, right? Mm-hmm. And for, I mean, to quite literally explain what it is, is you make a, like a circle with your, like you're given the okay sign and say mm-hmm. nose and Phoenix will his put his in nose in. And I think he said, oh, that's such a cool trick. How did you teach him? And they're like, well, we put like a treat on, yeah. like near the hole and we wait, we would like they put treat through the hole. Yes. And they would say nose and he would know. I get a treat when I put my nose through this hole. Yes. And I think that if a dog can recognize like sound and mm-hmm. and like this behavior gets me this or this is what this behavior means. Because you say to Reggie, want to go for a ride? Turns his whole head, huh? Yeah, Want to go. go for a ride? Huh? Let's go. Because he knows he, he is associating the experience with the words. Mm-hmm. Dogs can do that. Heck yeah, people can do that. I'm going to go get gas, but I'm going to roll the window down. And, I'm, and I want you to um, tell me another interesting thing that you've read in the book. Okay. Um, what if I've covered all of it? I feel like I've covered. I feel like I've covered all of it. Why? Why did you start to read that book? Why did well, you pick up this book to read? Okay, so I really love reading all parenting books, but so and something we've talked about in the podcast before is that we want to do Montessori with our children, and so because of that there is a level of independence in Montessori that is not like traditional education. So one of the really big Montessori things is 
um, it's called a floor bed and it's literally like a mattress on the floor from infancy. And to most parents, it's like, what the heck? Like, you know, you put your child in a crib so that it doesn't roll out and there's sides to the crib. Well, the Montessori method is about creating that really deep independence from a very early age in childhood. And the floor bed allows the child, not as an infant, because obviously they're not extremely mobile, but from even if they start rolling over, if they roll off the mattress, they roll onto the floor right next to it and it's no big deal. They don't harm themselves. Mm. It teaches independence as in when the child is old enough to crawl out of bed, they can crawl out of bed and explore their room. Mm. Everything is at their level. They dress themselves when they're old enough to stand and True. walk and the everything in the kitchen is on their level. They help prepare dinner. They use real knives. Like it's like literally everything is independence from a very, very, very early age. Real sharp knives? Yes. Like the knives that we use? Yes. They don't start with those. But okay. like they work up to that. And by the by the time of toddlerhood, it's very normal to see a toddler like cutting their own food with a for real knife. Okay. Because it's like independence is so sought after through Montessori. Mm. And the child being like a contributing person of the family. True. From two, three years old, they help themselves to water because it's at their level. Mm. But like in most homes, and this is like what's very normal, you have to pick the child up to put them in their booster seat or whatever at the dinner table. Yeah. They can't access any of that on their own. True. If they need something out of the kitchen cupboard, they can't access that on their own. Like mom has to get them everything and they're super reliant on both parents. And when everything is at the child's level, they can just help themselves. Like if they're hungry, they have like a snack drawer on their level. Oh, wow. It's like everything is independence. So this rye method, I was um, directed to read this by a Montessori mom on Instagram. She said that it really helped her better understand mm. the value of self-confidence and independence okay. I got you in infancy but what's so cool is like most of the material that I've read on Montessori and parenting begins when the child is around the age of let's say 18 months to two years old not a lot of the material that I've been reading is about infancy and obviously that's our next phase that's our next step is it infancy. Is. And so because of that, this book, The Self-Confident Baby, actually begins at infancy and how as an infant, you begin to model and work towards that self-confidence in your child. So most of the other material I've read is about um, older babies, children, okay. yeah, like toddlers and like child age. When does a baby stop being a baby? I think they would consider you hit the toddler stage around 18 months to two years. Okay. So Lorelai's still a baby. Lorelai is, is still, I would, I would consider her to be a baby. Infants, I would say is probably five months, six months. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Infancy is like, you can't even hold your head up by yourself. They're just completely reliant on you. Okay, so baby is like the term for like an American and saying that you're from Delaware it, and or Nebraska or whatever it is, is yeah. like 
the more specific, like toddler. Yeah. Got you. Yeah. Okay. And I think it's also important to note. Well, I have two things to say. One, none of this applies when your child is an infant. Okay. You can't just lay an infant down and let it be <laughs> like they'll figure it out. Gotcha. Okay. There are boundaries with all of this, all of these like different methods like Montessori and the rye. I don't even know if it's a method or what you would call it. Got you. I guess it's like an education system sort of. Okay. But there's boundaries. We're not just going to like lay an infant down for eight hours a day and hope they figure it out. Self-confidence. That's not. Right. That's kind of wild. What's happening here. Like your child needs you and they really need you when they're an infant. Got you. Can't hold their head up and stuff. This is more like when the kid is like three months and starts exploring their world and their surroundings. Kids can, kids can crawl or babies can crawl at three months. No, but they can hold their head up at that point and they can interact with like... Like sitting up, they can? Uh Uh-uh, no, not sitting up. Just they can hold their neck up by themselves. Oh, okay, okay. Um, They can... Shoot, is this joint closed? They should have had a sign sooner than just there. Yeah, that's wild. I was going to make that turn. Anyway, continue. Yeah. Anyhow, so... Yeah, like, I mean, maybe some babies can sit up. I really am not sure, like what that traditional milestone or whatever when that comes okay i'm not really certain but they can definitely hold their head up so they then you can start some like interactive tummy time and i don't know like make things a bit more educational but like they still really need to be like cared for and nurtured and 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 got you yep yeah protected and have a schedule and stuff like that you can't just be like good luck baby see you tomorrow and this, and I'm, I'm sure that you've heard this, and I, I'm guessing because of the things that you've read, it's a little bit different. But have you heard the theory of like, don't go to your crying baby because it'll make them, like, make them more it dependent on them. you? Yeah. yeah. Is that accurate? It's tomato, tomato. It's whatever okay. you want to believe. Um, for me, that is the only way that our child is able to communicate with us, period. Yeah. So if they're communicating to me anything, that means, hey, mom, I'm trying to tell you something. Yeah. You're not listening to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't think that it creates that, but a lot of people do. A lot of people do say cry it out method is best to get your baby to sleep independently. And that works for some people, Mm. you know, but it's whatever you want to do. Dang. It's whatever you, whatever your preferred method is. Okay. I'm sure there will be days I'm like, I'm just going to let them cry it out because I can't right now. (laughs) True. You know, but at the end of the day, like, it's your baby's only way of communicating with you is crying. Yeah. And I, and I, um, something that I was reading, because I'd be reading, I'd be reading some stuff too. It said that if you don't go to your child early on, it, gives your baby the i don't know the mindset of well like my parents aren't there for me i guess i'm on my own yeah like they're not there for me when i need them type of thing um and i think this is probably this kind of is in conjunction with something that ashley has shared she was saying how um there was some some post that said crap i had it in my brain that i completely forgot it 
parents aren't there for me. Uh, poop, I forget. Um, well, there's another post that I read that was saying how um, you want your kids to come to you with it, with anything, with everything. Oh, that's what her, her thing was saying. Um, it was saying how, like, we encourage kids to be independent and, like, speak for yourself and, like, all of these things, like we, we, those are things that we champion in them. But when they start displaying those type of behaviors, they just seem like a, like the blanket term. It's like they're a wild kid or an unruly kid, mm-hmm. but they're using their voice. They're shaping their opinion. They're all of those things. Yeah, exactly. And when you put them in timeout for talking back or whatever, you, you might be punishing somebody who is an advocate for things because they, you know, want to speak their whatever or this kid's running around or whatever, you're punishing an athlete because you're, you know, you're stifling their way of expressing themselves. Um, and so w- when you said that the crying is the only way that they can talk to us, the only way that they can express themselves, I don't ever want our kid to think if I call out to my mom and dad, they're not going to be there. Exactly. Even at a young age. And that might change when, you know, it's three in the morning and we're like, you just want, you just want to play with my hair or, you know, like, I, I know what this <laughs> All is. All you want to do is play with my That's, hair right I know now. what this, I know what it is. Um, <laughs> it might change then, but I yeah. know that present day, now, if I called my dad about anything, whatever it is, yeah. he's picking up on the second, if not third ring and he's down to hear me, you know, talk about whatever. And so... I knew that to be the case, whether I wanted to share all of the things with my dad when I was younger in that teenage year, that's neither here nor there, but I knew that I always had the option to. I knew that he wouldn't be upset with me or you know anything like that, because I knew I could go to my dad and he would make mm-hmm. me feel better, whatever it is. So I want our kids to feel that way yeah, for sure. early on. So with that being said, little baby that's cooking in there, if you start crying, I'm coming. Yeah, and I think that teaching them that self-confidence like their real goal is for them to be self-confident and then they will need us a little bit less. But the goal is to raise kids that contribute to society and True. are independent. Right. But I think a lot of times moms are like, I don't want you to grow up. Yeah. You know? And so there is this, there is this tendency to coddle and nurture for a little bit too long because it's the mom that wants to be motherly. Right. Not because the kids aren't ready to grow up. Just the mom wants to be motherly. And I would say, in a sense, that is a detriment to the child because you are essentially um, keeping them from growing up. Like you're... Like you're babying them too long. Yeah. Did you touch the trash can? I didn't, and that's but, why I put it back. There we go. And this is one of my least favorite things, but we can just end on this. I'm listening. Your parents are like, oh yeah, just you wait until you have your kid. This is all going to be out the window. I'll fight you outside. Don't be that parent. I'll first fight of you all. outside of a Walmart. Real Let ignorant. Let us like, live. Y'all do you. Real ignorant. We're gonna do us. Real ignorant. Like, don't be that person Meet me that outside. forewarns someone. Oh, just wait six months down the road once you're married. Yeah. Don't be that person. Yeah. Okay? Let, let, let people, people live. Let people experience things themselves. Right. And it doesn't make you seem cooler. It right. just makes like, you seem unhappy. Oh yeah, I got this badge of honor because. I thought I was going to be that mom and I wasn't. Don't, yeah. don't, don't, don't. And don't, I, don't. I appreciate words of wisdom and words of caution and all of that, but there's but the heart behind it. Yourself. Okay. Excuse me, Lord. The heart behind it usually is like when you say that you're from a bad neighborhood it's growing up. It's a doubting up. Thomas. Like, yeah, right. 
okay. I don't think that. No, you know how people like, yeah, right, wishful thinking. That's not you that. Won't. That's not doubting Thomas's scenario. You just try no. to throw that in there because we heard it on Sunday through the message. Is no, that accurate? Honestly, I don't even remember. I didn't listen to the message. Okay, you just threw down. You. Well, they're just like doubt it. I got you. That was how Thomas was. He doubted that it happened. That's why his name's Doubting Thomas. No. No. He. What did he do then? Why these? Why is his name Doubting Thomas if he didn't doubt? Uh, that so they did talk about that on Sunday. Pastor Day did talk about that at, on Sunday. He said that after the resurrection, Thomas wasn't there when he appeared to the rest of the disciples. And so when they went and told him, like, "Hey, Jesus is back," he he, he said, "Doubt it." He, he didn't say doubt it. He said, "I I want I want proof that this happened. I want to put my hand." In his, in his side, side. I want to put my finger through the holes in his hand. I, I want proof okay. that this that, that this crazy thing happened. Right. <laughs> Doubted it. Y'all, this has been the Nate Loves. <laughs> this has been Carpod DM. Lord have mercy. Jim be trying to I use anything clearly. Uh, do the things that we... And she just drops the mic in the drink holder situation. Do the things that we've asked you to do in the past. Uh, give this a five-star rating. Subscribe if you have it already. Jen is trying to squeeze through the car and whatnot. Um, yeah, uh, reach out to us on Instagram. We'd really appreciate that. We love you guys. We will see you soon. Jen, any closing words before you pee? This better not be benches out here by our front door. And with that, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.